boom! On today's podcast, I have special guest, Daya Otley. Daya is an international voice actor and has over two decades of voice consulting. We dive into why people fear the sound of their own voice and how to own the room speaking with confidence. If you have ever feared public speaking, then this podcast is for you. Have a listen. Have you ever had negative thoughts in your mind that you aren't good enough, that you'll never be successful? If so, you're not alone. I've had those thoughts playing in my mind ever since I took the leap to become an entrepreneur. It's a dirty, dark secret that no one likes to talk about as the glamorization of becoming an entrepreneur is shown in the media. I realized that in order to succeed, I needed help. We all do. So I decided to go all in on myself, spending thousands of hours in the trenches, reading, joining groups, listening to podcasts, hiring coaches to develop a bulletproof morning routine for success. Join me on my journey as together we build our morning fire to ignite our lives as entrepreneurs. My name is Jeff Wickersham, and this is the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. Welcome to the show. I am extremely pumped up and excited to have my special guest on the show today, Daya Otley. Daya, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. Love that intro, man. It's it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. And I know this is going to be an amazing discussion because we have now connected and been connected for, I think it's been over a year at this point. Over so year. it's uh, right. we're, we're going to have a great discussion. Let's get into that proper state so we can deliver for the audience, for the listeners, those people that are watching. So we're going to take three breaths in, in through the belly, up through the chest and raise our hands above our head. Go ahead, breathe in. And out. Good. Another breath in. And out. Final breath in. And out. All right. Now we got that power boom coming in. Three, two, one, and boom. boom. There you go. There you That's go. That's my favorite Appreciate part it. right there. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> love it. So I eat, sleep, and breathe morning habits, rituals, routines. I truly believe without a shadow of a doubt that they are the path towards success and you have that choice right when you wake up in the morning. So Daya, what are a couple of things you do right when you wake up to get you on that path towards success? First thing for me, honestly, Jeff, I have to say is just really good, quiet meditation and prayer and a good cup of coffee. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that I need to be a little still. So I really try to get up before the kids uh, getting up with the kids is like jumping into a tornado of activity one time. And and I don't like that. So I love to get up just before the kids, sit down quietly with my cup of coffee, think about yesterday, think about the day, and just ready myself, ground myself for what's to come. So that that is how I love to start my day. Anything else, I feel kind of topsy-turvy. Yeah, and I, I love that piece. And, and so many times... People ask me the question, hey, what time should I get up, right? And they they see maybe I get up at 4 or 4.30 and it's bright and early and they're like, yeah. I can't get up that early. And I say, okay, especially you being a father, I'm a father. I say, give, give yourself a half an hour before the kids get up because then to your point, you've meditated, had that cup of coffee, done some prayer. You're grounding yourself so you're actually prepared for when the kid's up rather than to your point, Di, you, you're walking into a tornado that is already <laughs> already occurring. And then it's it's tough to get out of that that That's mindset right. and that that mode where if you're grounded, you can you, you can smile when they come down the steps or, or come right. into the room and, and you're so much more prepared. So really, uh, really do love that uh, that practice. So if you're listening and you don't do that right now and you're a parent. 
hey, wake up 30 minutes earlier, do some things for yourself, and it will be amazing. And I'm sure it's for you, Daya, how mm -hmm. you show up so much better for your family when you have that peace, that quiet, and you're prepared rather than jumping into uh, jumping into the uh, the tornado. So right. It works all the time, Jeff. Love it. So let's get into speaking, right? And and the power of your voice and so many people, and myself included, I, I know one of the topics we're gonna get into is you know, people fear the the sound of their voice. But before we we do that. Can you give a little bit, bit of background on your experience and, and what you've sure. been up to? Sure. So for me, I am I'm by profession, I am a voiceover actor. Many people may not know that, but I've been doing that for over 20 years, two, more than two decades, being doing voiceover acting. I've been into media, radio, reading news, and I am from Trinidad and Tobago, by the way. I, I live there as in a, the Caribbean, so we have rain and sun. That's it. <laughs> no snow. <laughs> but um, being here has it's, it's been an amazing journey for me because after going through media and being exposed to media for so long, I decided I am going to use all these tools and this training. I got training from some folks in Los Angeles, uh, in New York, in terms of voiceover acting. And at one time I had a friend that said listen I want you to help me speak better and I decided to help them put a, put together a little package and it really worked and after that I thought hey I'm going to do this for people as a profession so while I still do ads for commercials and so on I'm also my a big part of what I do is coaching people helping them instill confidence in them and really communicate more effectively Love it. I love that that story and, and how it wasn't really you were thinking of, hey, I'm going to do this. But somebody just out of the blue said, hey, could you 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 coach me on it? And that kind of led to the uh, the next next path. So one, one important thing to instill in there is a lot big part of what I teach is from my my history, because I experienced being somewhat insecure in express. I used to do sales. And I had and sales, you need to be confident and presenting yourself. So I had a whole process there to come out of that and to gain confidence. And you know, people say, but you couldn't possibly, I mean, you have a good voice, but it's not just about the sound of your voice, it's about how you present that. You, you know, and so that that's really what I help people with as well. And I'm glad you brought that up because everybody has a journey, right? And and so many times they see the finished product of of you speaking and might say subconsciously, hey, I, I can't do this because look at how amazing he is. But you started somewhere and, and the journey has has brought you to to where you are now. So why do people fear the sound of their own voice? I know I cringe when I look back, let's say three, four years ago, right before I started this podcast that really yeah. helped enable me get my voice. Watching a video of myself speaking, I cringe at my voice and then I see lack of energy and, and the camera shaking and all those pieces. So why, why do people really not want to hear their own voice? A lot of it has to start with what I just addressed. My experience with coaching people is literally what they were told as a child. Okay. And if and the environment has surrounded you growing up. So for most people, 
it would be either not being told enough or just being confident or given the opportunity to get accustomed to it. And for a lot of times, people have this, this fear of the sound, either maybe comments that, you know, why are you sounding like that? Or, you know, I need to just be more quiet or stop speaking so much. You find that people who have been exposed and encouraged to get into things like drama and whatever it is that will encourage them to speak up, there's a lot a less of that concern for how they sound. And so I think it's good for parents as well now to, especially in this time, to encourage kids to to explore, to be on video, not to necessarily go on YouTube or whatever, but just let them record themselves, play it back and watch themselves. I allow my kids to do that all the time. And so there's less and less a fear of this. Like, it's like they don't even know about that, like not hearing myself. And so I think a lot of it is, is an unfamiliarity of really being accustomed to listening to yourself and not from a place of, I sound pretty good, not that kind of listening to yourself, but just making it part of your world I think it's it's something is that's alien to a lot of people. And so you've never heard yourself before, then it becomes something strange. A lot of times we don't know that the voice we hear in our ears is not the voice that everybody else hears. And so it's pretty good to, there's all kinds of technology. Record yourself on your phone and get accustomed listening back. And Jeff, one of the things that I say to everyone, the people who are who are uncomfortable with hearing themselves are the people that have amazing voices, are super encouraging. And so that's unfortunate. But that's the thing that that I would say that happens most of the times. It's an unfamiliarity. And how we break that is by starting to to really soak and immerse yourself more, not from a puffing up yourself point of view, but just getting more comfortable. Like you talk about exercise. The first time you go out and you have to move a muscle, it's going to be really challenging. But the more you do it, you'll break that cycle of being uncomfortable. So when you send a voice note or a voice message, play it back. Not to say, let me hear how I sound, but critique yourself and and listen more for the tone that you use. I tell people to do that all the time. How did I send this message? Was I sounding aggressive, even though I wanted to sound encouraging? And that's the point that we have to get accustomed to listen from. I love it. And something very insightful you said is how many times it's from our childhood you take something you might have heard from those you loved and and maybe you didn't speak up uh, enough because they said stop talking and then you you, you stopped stop doing that and uh, definitely love the exercise of speaking in front of a camera or a group and my sons might not like this episode because as you're as you were talking through it I'm like boy that's a great homework assignment we got to start doing that a little bit more in the family but they could do it just in front of the three you know there's four of us my wife and and two sons one could get up and just speak on a topic and and present in a way and we could videotape it and they could start to develop that because I know we're we're talking offline Mm -hmm. anyone can benefit from becoming a better speaker, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Regardless of where you're at, whether you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, just speaking to a, a, a team, a leader, a coach, who, whoever it might be. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely love that. So you mentioned sales and how you need to have confidence, obviously, in that profession. You know, how, how do you own the room, right? When, when you come into a, a room, 
how do you walk with confidence? How do you how do you speak with confidence? What's a couple one or two strategies or tips that you can give somebody listening or watching that they can apply and it'll make a big difference in their confidence level and how they present? So there's something called communication apprehension. Okay. That really has to do with verbal communication apprehension should come before that. But the term communication apprehension is the fear of people literally speaking up verbally. It's the fear of if so, people who have communication apprehension will be the last to volunteer to make a presentation in a group or a team. So you have a group who wants to present, no, they will just shy away. Or communication apprehension. That was me. That was serious. me. I was in corporate. Yeah. And that was me. Literally, I didn't. It's crazy now to think back to those times. I'm telling you, it's it's like you're in a, a parent-teacher meeting and, you know, everybody's giving feedback and you have this burning question, but you prefer to lean to the side and say, hi, you know, um, I really think X, Y, Z about this. This is a really, that's a great idea. Why don't you say, it? nah, it's all right. That's communication apprehension. You would not jump up and say, hi, hi, I, I have a comment. That would not be. And the people who will quicker be very comfortable in sending a text message and not calling someone on the phone and have that difficult conversation, that's communication apprehension. So owning the room has to do with firstly dealing with this whole state of apprehension. And that allow, a lot of it comes from what would people think of me or being uncomfortable with your own emotions and your own emotional state because if you can't, you are, you want to raise your hand in that meeting, a volunteer to make the presentation. What would my colleagues think? Do I have enough technical knowledge on this? Am I going to fumble and trip over myself? Am I going to be as eloquent as James or as Suzanne? She is so good. She could be like a TEDx speaker. I can't go and do that. And so we think about all these thoughts or the boss has this very serious look and he doesn't crack a smile at all. I'm not doing that ever again. All of these thoughts, and lots of those thoughts are not real. Like I always say, the guy, the boss can be sitting down like this. Maybe he has a gasping. That's why he's setting up his face. It doesn't mean that it's you or he's thinking about, you know, the kids at home. Or we have so many perceptions that we develop in our minds that are not real. And that's what I've discovered most times. It's a reality. And the thing is, when you go in there, and I, I use the example of owning the room is like, do you go into your kitchen and open your fridge carefully and kind of crack it and look for the milk and look over your shoulder to take out the milk and take a sip or ask some, can I, can I have some milk? You own it. You open your fridge. What do I want today? And take out bologna, take something out, drink down the milk, walk around, sit and lean on your counter. It's your room. It's your kitchen. Own it. And that's how you have to go when you go in the room. It's like, let your presence be felt. Because most times if you have a presentation to make, someone asks you. Or you know you're an expert matter in something. Or you're conducting that Zoom meeting. And you are the presenter, the facilitator. Then step in there. Own your Zoom room. Own your, own your physical room. And just know that you are the expert matter. And remove all of those perceptions that you that you think you have about what people would see, and then command the attention of your audience. And of course, what there are tools. So you want to like have attention keepers, which is how do you start off what you see? How you start must be strong. Like you start your morning strong, 
It's the same thing in a conversation. Start your conversation strong. Don't start off. So I um, wanted to talk <laughs> to you all today about some... You don't want to start off like that. You're going to lose your audience. Start off strong. Hey, I want to tell you a story. Or you'll ever heard this joke, you know, something about me that you don't know. Things that grab their attention. So that's, of course, important. But you have to be comfortable with yourself. Be comfortable in your own skin, as I would say, before you reach to that stage. And when you get there, then you could walk around the room. You could talk to someone in their face and talk to them. Do you have challenges with your voice? I can help you with that. Own the room, just like it's your own kitchen. And uh, and that's what it's about. Removing, uh, removing communication apprehension and then just seeing yourself differently. Yeah, totally true. I love that uh, that kitchen story and and think of that as you're walking into to the uh, to the room. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. I obviously shared that I used to be the one that wouldn't volunteer, wouldn't speak up, might have a good point, and it was all confidence, right? And fast forward to probably two years ago, right before the the pandemic, I went to a Toastmaster session and. Part of the Toastmasters is everybody gets up who is new and speaks to the room for about two minutes. And I said to myself, all right, when they ask that, I'm going to be the first one. And I did. I walked up there. I did three power breaths, had everybody stand up, a power boom, and, and got them going like I own the place. And it's, to That's your point, starting awesome. off strong, That's right, awesome. is just – and you've got to have – I feel like energy is so infectious, right? And that positive energy, if you can provide that to people – they are going to vibrate with you. They want to be on that frequency, but so many don't operate. So I love uh, love starting off strong that that you shared as well as owning the room like you own your own kitchen when you go in and grab that uh, that carton of milk. So that's that's great stuff. So, you know, we talked about your voice and not necessarily enjoying the sound of it. We talked about owning the room. Share with me a little bit about proper verbal communication and what's some things that that you can do to set you up for success so the reality is that you know all of us we need to like we were saying earlier we need to have have that desire to communicate properly i mean jeff when you think about it these days everyone has to talk i mean it's a it's a way of business whether you are, are at work and you have to be on camera you have to think about communicating clearly if you're too far away from your mic and you talk really softly because it's different if you're in a room you could get feedback off of someone physically but when you're on a zoom or a call you have to have so much more energy you have to be so clear you have to articulate yourself and be expressive because like you're talking about energy you have to bring twice the energy on a camera over the internet to really people for people to feel you because if you drop that at all, you're going to lose your audience. You're not going to communicate. Even if you're on a team and you have to share, you're going to drain the energy on the rest of the team. And so just on a basic level, just for work. And then if you're a leader or a coach or an entrepreneur, you have so many meetings on the phone. And that clarity of speech, if you could remove ambiguity as much as possible and be as clear as you can, it's so important. And I think um, verbal communication in today's world is absolutely key. I always talk about 
really quickly three types of, of verbal communication. And we touched on them a little earlier, like that whole one-on-one -on -one communication. That's like one person. People are really comfortable with that like talking to one person face-to-face. -face. Others, they hate that uncomfortable, very intimate setting. They don't want that. Then there's group communication. That's like you eight people, 10 people, you're talking with a group. That's important. If you're facilitating a group, some people feel like a lab rat because they feel like you're inspecting every aspect of you because they're right next to you. Others feel most comfortable in a group setting. And then, of course, you have public speaking where people feel most at home but those people who are really comfortable on the stage, guess what? They do not like to have one-on-one -on -one conversation. Not everyone, but you'll find a lot of people, you wouldn't find them having a, a relaxed conversation on stage. And people who have been managed to really master, I would say, or get comfortable with all verbal communication can be comfortable in any single sector or phase. They can talk to you one-on-one -on -one and they don't have to shout. If you ever meet, met someone, they're right here. Yeah, Jeff, I, I think that's really good. And it's like, why do you have to raise your voice? We're right here. And then you have these group settings. And so those different types of communication, if we can place ourselves in each setting and know how to adjust, that would be so amazing, Jeff. That's uh, that's pretty insightful how there's different groups, right? Three different kind of groups, one-on-one, -on -one, group setting, public speaking, and you need to know what type of setting it is and then your, your verbal communication, how you communicate, then needs to be tailored to each of those settings, correct? That's right. Yeah. Could yeah. you okay. imagine a public speaker whispering? <laughs> He wouldn't be able to hold the room very, uh, very long. It probably, probably wouldn't be a very, you know, successful public speaker. At that's this right. Point. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So that's just that's an interesting share, and I, I want all the listeners to to really think about that. Depending on which one of those three groups you're you're speaking to or scenarios, yeah. Think about how you're going to communicate it, whether it's one on one, group, or public speaking, and that should allow you to kind of craft how you're going to deliver and, and communicate to those, uh, to those parties. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Anything, uh, anything else from a, you know, a, a, uh, a quick win that people could do, let's say they have a zoom call this afternoon and they're going to be on with, let's just say it's a client or someone they're, yeah. they're servicing from, you know, a one-on-one -on -one perspective. What's one way that they could yeah. get into delivering more effective yeah. communication? For me, I do a very, I do something very similar to what you do, but I, I wouldn't end with the boom. But what I do is I would take a deep breath like four times, literally. Mm -hmm. And just still yourself. I always advise people, if anything, don't run into a meeting flustered. Never run into a meeting with your head hot. So, and a lot of us, you know, the whole term is that we are, are living at, at work, not working from home. And so the reality is that you're probably scrambling from helping the kids and then you're jumping into a meeting or work or whatever it is. Don't just switch on that. Take a few minutes to just tell yourself, get your thoughts together, especially if you are the facilitator or the presenter. Don't scramble into a meeting. I think a lot of times people do that and they're grabbing things together. Get yourself set up. If you know you have to set up camera, get like 15 minutes ahead of time prep your notes, look over it, think ahead of your space and what you're going to say to the people. Think about that. Be present before you're present. 
and prepare yourself mentally, emotionally, psychologically before you get in there. That's one thing. And another thing I'll add is just, you know, practice some tongue twisters. Uh, your articulators, they, it's good to loosen them up. So, you know, say them, say some tongue twisters repeatedly, go online, look up some this thing, that thatch, these themes, those thorns, they thug, they thank, you know, all different types of things. And it loosens your mouth. If you live alone and you probably haven't spoken to anyone at all and you now crack your voice for the first time in that meeting, you're going to sound, you're going to hear phlegm, you're going to hear cracking. So you may seem or feel a little crazy, but <clears throat> talk out loud, read something out loud, say some things out loud, you know, some affirmations, whatever it is, but warm up your vocal cords. Don't just switch on your camera and talk for the first time. It could be noon or midday you're going to hear that crackling because you haven't warmed up your vocal cords enough. So those are a few pointers. I, I love the uh, love the strategy of not rushing in and, and being all flustered, right? Is preparing for, for your success. I love amping up my energy. I was doing push-ups before we got on here. <laughs> I was breathing. That's how I get into state, right? Is, is a little yeah. push-ups, but breath is such an undervalued, automatic thing that we do on a daily basis. But if you take four breaths in, like Daya had alluded to, it's going to calm you down. You're going to be prepared and you're going to be ready to go. And I, I love the uh, priming your voice prior to uh, to jumping on. So you're, you're ready to go. So that's uh, that's awesome. I loved, loved the session, Daya. Where can, uh, where can people find you and uh, and follow you? I would say the easiest is to go to my website, which is diaotley.com. Just go to D-A-Y-A-O-T-T-L-E-Y-D-I-A-O-T-L-E-Y-D-I-A-O-T-L-E-Y-D-I-A-O-T-L-E-Y-D-I-A-O-T-L-E-Y-D-I-A-O-T-